This is The Hash Out, a podcast at the intersection of sports and cannabis created for and by the people that love both. Due to adult themes and content, listeners' discretion is advised. This week, we tackle the puffs and passes of NFL Week 3, draft our dream smoke sesh of athletes turned musicians, and debate who among us is worthy of the inaugural Golden Duchy Award. All of this ahead and more on The Hash Out. Welcome to the Hash Out, presented by Critter Vision Studios, the premier podcast for the intersection of cannabis and sports culture, made for and by the people who love both. I'm one of your hosts, Joshua Hatler, here with Canada's favorite expat, Chandler Songer. Chandler, how you doing today? Oh, I am mighty fine. I got up and at it early today, went and got a uh, driver's license, so I think I'm officially at least a little bit Canadian now, I can say that confidently. So, um, what are what are some of the milestones of becoming a real Canadian? Do you think I see you in the Toronto Blue Jays hat here? I know you had a really fun time at that game. Yeah, that was a great time. Honestly, I feel like just going downtown and being able to see the sights, going to a Blue Jays game if you're a sports person is probably a big one. Uh, obviously, I've got a whole lot more sports up here I can enjoy versus uh, in Des Moines where I was living, where I had a Triple A team, but that was it. Um, so I don't know. That's that, for me. That'll be a big kind of rite of passage. I feel, and other than that, just buying and smoking a lot of hash so far. I mean. I got to say, a triple-A baseball team is a pretty big come-up for a former single-A mascot. Listen, if they would have employed me at the triple-A level, we could, we, I would be a bit more appreciative, but I feel like Clark the Cubs probably rounded out pretty well. Is that his name? I think it's Clark. I can't remember. <laughs> but hey, you know what? Anybody uh, looking to fill a mascot role? I got tapes. Come check them out. This, boy. this is the greatest mascot the Peoria Chiefs ever had, bar none. Um, so I guess we should probably get into it. We had a really exciting week two in the NFL, and we're looking forward to another very interesting week three. Uh, just to kind of keep it on track, let's do a breakdown of what teams are still 2-0, and o, because I'm very interested that there are two in the AFC, they're both in the AFC West, and not a one of them has Patrick Mahomes on it, Chandler. Yeah, that's probably the least likely scenario coming out of that division I could have imagined. But, uh, you know, I think we talked a little bit last week, uh, first time we did this, uh, about the, the divisions and where they stack up overall. AFC West is looking pretty good this year. Yeah, uh, it's looking really awesome. Uh, the Raiders are off to a strong start against a couple pretty good teams, you know? Yeah, hard uh, so... wins. Yeah, they've had 2-0 seasons where it kind of went downhill before, but very promising for uh, now Las Vegas Raiders fans. It's so weird to call them that still. Like, my natural yeah, inclination I is just, still Oakland. I don't know when that's going to change. I just say Raiders at this point. Yeah, uh, but the Broncos, we're feeling really good in the Mile High City about that. Absolutely. Uh, Big for you guys. killing it. Uh, not great matchups, but decisive wins and really turning around uh, – some of what were our clear weaknesses last year. So uh, feeling really good on that front. Um, in the NFC, we are still looking at a pretty strong uh, West there. You know, the Rams, still 2-0. Uh, 
Uh, Huge. The Cardinals by the seat of their pants, albeit. Uh, on, I'm calling it the Hobbit connection, man. Straight out the Shire, <laughs> Kyler Murray to Rondale Moore. Uh, I, I think that's going to happen a lot in the future here. You're going to have a lot of head coaches like like fucking Gollum on the sidelines. Filthy Hobbitses. Uh, <laughs> that offense just looks great, even if their defense didn't look quite as good as uh, in, in week one. Uh, but the Cardinals are looking awesome. Uh, of course, the 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 Bucks are probably the just going to continue on a bit of a tear for a while. Uh, it's crazy. It's crazy how many touchdowns Tom Brady can throw at this age. Like it's, it's unreal the longevity that he has and how it really doesn't seem like he's slowing down at all. No, absolutely not. Yeah. Um, but looking into week three, I think today we are going to do some puff or pass predictions, meaning we are going to look at each matchup this week and we are going to decide uh, one thing in that matchup that we're going to puff on, one thing we like, and one thing we're going to pass on, one thing that we dislike. Those could be uh, on one on each team, those could be on the same team, uh, but we're just going to go one by one, try to run through them really quickly. Chandler, would you like to go first or would you like to defer? Oh, do you want to flip a coin for it i've got a shiny moose quarter here that oh has your you name got on it moose quarter i yeah. love it so, so you can pick either to be the moose or you can be queen elizabeth ii oh god that's like the hardest decision i've ever had to make i know we've uh, got fire ass coins up here bro i went to the nature and science museum this weekend and actually like saw a you know a moose in an exhibit there and was reminded of how big they are Moose are badass, dude. I'm going to be a moose. They're terrifying. When I was in the DMV earlier today, getting my uh, license stuff figured out, there was a thing that came up on the screen that was uh, asking hunters if they wanted to get their moose tags, like the same way people get deer tags down in Illinois, apparently. It had like <laughs> a second chance lottery pool to like go out and kill a moose. And that sounds terrifying. Moose are terrifying. Oh, absolutely. Far from the point. Would you like to be the terrifying moose or would you like to be the queen? I'm going to be the moose. You're going to be the moose? I'm going to give it to you on that one. It's my little moosey boy. Awesome. We got the so, moose. You go ahead and start it out, and then I'll kind of follow suit. Am I going to be doing the same games as you, or you're just covering a game? I'm covering a game. We're uh, yeah, we're going to go through. We're going to each pick a game, Excellent. and we'll just kind of cross them off as we go. Beautiful. Well, you go ahead and get her started there, buddy. Uh, Well, of course, for the first uh, overall pick, I've got to take one of the Sunday afternoon games. I am going to go for the uh, Denver versus the New York Jets game. So uh, what I'm puffing on right now is Teddy touchdown and the Broncos offense just dominating length of possession in games. Uh, that's not happened uh, in recent memory. Uh, last year, we were at the bottom of the pack. Denver was uh, in the like low 20s as far as uh, possession of uh, possession length in the game. And right now, we're just killing it. We're number one in the league. Uh, it's a very veteran play style where we just keep possessions alive and then we just crush offenses uh, with our defense. I think this is going to be a little more of the same there. Uh, I think we're going to hold the ball for at least 38 minutes and keep uh, the Jets out of possession time. I'm passing on Zach Wilson. I'm, I'm not very comfortable with him against this defense based on uh, how he played last week. Uh, I think there's going to be a turnover margin of minus three 
for the uh, New York Jets this week, and I think Zach Wilson is going to be a very large part of that. Excellent. So I think I'm going to go ahead and since we're sticking with our teams here to get things started, I'm going to go over to Green Bay visiting the Niners down in San Francisco, which is going to be on Sunday night football this week. Uh, obvious puff here is the Packers aren't completely losing it. Uh, they got a little bit back on track last week versus the Lions. Again, it's the Lions. They've had a lot of trouble in the secondary. So, you know, Aaron Rodgers is throwing darts. He looked a lot better. He had a lot better pocket presence. He made a lot better actual passes. But uh, ultimately, I'm going to have to pass on the Packers this weekend for the same kind of reason. Their defense just does not look like it is all there. Uh, And I think a lot of teams have started kind of figuring out Green Bay's formula, uh, kind of like in the first week of the season when the uh, Saints beat us 38-3, just holding on to the ball. Giving Aaron Rodgers less chances to throw a touchdown is essentially your best chance against the Packers, and people are trying to replicate it already. I think that the Niners' defense can get some really good pressure on the football, especially considering we have two rookies on the offensive line, and if I'm a betting man, I think I might be taking the Niners over the Packers on Sunday Night Football. Wow, kind of surprised to hear you sour on uh, Green Bay. You know, the... The Niners don't even have a running back, and you're turning on Aaron Rodgers. I'm like pro Rodgers this week. <laughs> I mean, absolutely. I The running back dilemma is definitely their biggest issue right now, but I think that, especially with Trey Lance, they can get some interesting packages put in there. Kyle Shanahan's, you know, kind of the one that created a lot of, like, Matt Floor's offensive identity, one could argue, and I feel like... It's always interesting when those two go back and forth, uh, and they've really blown us out, even with some, at the time, relatively no-name running backs, even back in the day of these past few NFC championships. So That's fair. Uh, well, for my next game, I think I am actually going to zag a little bit from maybe the order of interest. Uh, I am going to go to uh, the Arizona Cardinals versus the Jacksonville Jaguars on Sunday morning. I would say for uh, this one, my puff is going to be my boy, Baby Yoda. He is winning it for me in one of my fantasy leagues right now. Absolutely killing it. Just looking a very rare form, uh, passing and running the ball. Uh, even when things looked really rough for the Cardinals this past week, he was able to make that Hobbit connection again. And I think uh, we are going to see him uh, just take it to the Shire two more times. Frodo and Samwise, a.k.a. Kyler and Rondale Moore, pencil in two touchdowns for these two. Uh, What I'm going to pass on, though, is actually Arizona's defense. Now, even though Arizona's eighth in total passing yards allowed so far this season, they're 25th in opponent red zone scoring percentage, meaning that uh, if Arizona allows the Jaguars into the red zone, you're going to have a very hungry young rookie named Trevor Lawrence who's ready to take any opportunity he can to eat. Uh, so that's kind of where I'm at with Arizona and, and uh, the Jaguars. think Arizona's going to end up going 3-0, and though. Good stuff. Well, looking forward to just tomorrow night for us. Probably going to be tonight for you guys. Uh, we're going to have the Carolina Panthers taking on the Houston Texans. Uh, my ultimate puff here is going to have to be on my boy uh, who's been putting up numbers for me in fantasy football, one Christian McCaffrey, who, you know, obviously... He's projected number one every year because who else can 
lead a team most games in receiving and rushing yards the way he does. My puff on that, I think he's going to have at least two more touchdowns this week on a Texans defense that's going to have a hard time keeping up with Sam Darnold now kind of actually firing on all cylinders in that offense, looking a lot more uh, cohesive as a unit. And my pass is going to have to be on the Texans' chance of having much success this year (laughs) at all. Uh, You know, Terod Taylor really added some intrigue the first week of the season, but now with an injury and kind of having the weight into backup quarterback waters for the Texans once again, even with marking Ingram adding some interesting components and a refreshed receiving core, I think this might be nearing the end of the road for the Texans once again. Ooh, yeah. I mean, Tyrod Taylor was such a cool story and uh seeing him seeing him get injured is kind of a huge bummer actually. I kind of I kind of like that uh that turnaround and uh it's it's a bummer to to see that he's not going to be playing here. Um, moving on, I think I'm actually going to go uh, for the Chicago Bears and Cleveland Browns, which I think is going to be a very interesting game for several reasons. Uh, my puff is going to be for uh, Bears fans and the excuses they can have if they lose this game because they're <laughs> either going to have a like a recently injured quarterback or their uh, inconsistent rookie playing. Well, actually, uh, that just got cleared up. Uh, Justin Fields is officially starting for the Bears this week. Oh, okay. Well, the point still stands. They will have an excuse. This starts yes. the Fields era, even though the Chicago Bears seem to be saying that it doesn't, actually. So uh, we'll see what Fields does with this opportunity. But that whole situation is really weird right there. Um, what I'm going to pass on is actually, uh, Cleveland's passing game. I think that's going to look very bizarre this week. Uh, it looks like, uh, you know, they're not going to have Jarvis Landry and they may be putting, uh, Odell Beckham Jr. back in and it's going to be hard to guess how he's going to play. And I don't think there'll be any clear target share leader. And I would say with the way Baker's been playing, I would expect under 200 passing yards for Baker this week. I think that's probably fair. The Bears' secondary is looking kind of interesting right now. be interesting to see how uh, Fields fares in his first big start. Uh, I'm going to take things on over to another Sunday morning game. This one's going to be Cincinnati. The Bengals taking on the Pittsburgh Steelers. I think this is really an interesting matchup. Um, oh, I mean, perennial interesting matchup between these two teams, but especially with Joe Burrow. Struggled last week against the Bears. Had three interceptions pretty much back-to-back-to-back on drives that really just deflated them, but got it, you know, give it up for him. Almost brought him all the way back. I think it was 30-27 at the end of the game. So my puff is going to be Joe Burrow looking to stay consistent. I think he might have a little bit better chance against this Pittsburgh defense uh, with T.J. Watt, you know, now having, I think it's a strained groin. Um, He's been in and out. It's going to be a little bit less pressure for him to deal with. Hopefully that O-line can step up and he can get some stuff going to Jamar Chase down the field. Uh, Ultimately, passing on the way that the Steelers are utilizing Najee Harris. Not passing on Najee Harris as a whole, but he's staying out there for practically every snap of the game, which is good. We think that means he gets involved, but uh, a lot of just short little dump-off passes to him or zone runs that look like they're not going much of anywhere. So I would be looking for Cincinnati to pick up a win against the Steelers here, potentially. I like that. I like that. Um, yeah, it's been interesting with Najee Harris. Got to see a better better weekend for him this weekend, but 
you know, you kind of you kind of hope they'll they'll use him to the best of his abilities eventually. Uh, I'm going to take it over to uh, I'm going to take it over to New England here. I'm going to talk about the Saints versus the Patriots. Uh, what I'm puffing on is that uh, Jameis Winston loud pack because I think Jameis Winston is going to be good for three touchdowns. I'm also passing on the Jameis Winston loud pack because I think he's going to be good <laughs> for three interceptions. Basically, I'm just at a point where I see this regular form with Jameis Winston. It was between two games instead of like, you know, completely split touchdowns and interceptions uh, between the two. It was one touchdown heavy, one interception heavy. I think this is where we see him just kind of come back to the middle. You know, he's going to he's going to throw it away every time he uh, throws it into the end zone this week. It's kind of the uh, the perpetual curse with Jameis. I feel you gotta look for those touchdowns, but you also gotta expect Live by the Winston die. Yeah, by the yeah, Winston. yeah. The the Green Bay game is the outlier for sure. Uh, I'm gonna bounce over to another Sunday morning game. We're gonna look at the Ravens taking on the Detroit Lions, who got absolutely beat up by Aaron Jones this week. He had oh, I want to say 41.5 points in my PPR league this week. Shouts out Aaron Jones. Um, I think it's gonna be a lot of the same problems for Detroit taking on Lamar Jackson. I. I Puff on Lamar Jackson's ability to stay a top rusher in this league for another week. You know, taking his main backs out of the equation only really led to him taking on more of the rushing burden, and he's dealt with it, um, obviously, very, very well. Uh, Had an excellent little flip into the end zone last week against the Chiefs. That was a big win for them. I think they're going to look to continue that momentum and take down Detroit, uh, which is why I have to pass on Detroit's ability to catch up with the run game as a whole. Um, You know, Aaron Jones, I guess you could argue a little bit more was out of the backfield, catching little scoops from Aaron Rodgers out to the sides, but a few were touch passes, things that they should have been defending, and it looked like their middle linebackers really weren't doing much of anything to stop. So I'd look for the Baltimore Ravens to win that one. All right. Well, uh, I think with that, I'm going to take it to uh, one of the games I'm most looking forward to this week. Uh, That would be the Tampa Bay Buccaneers versus the L.A. Rams. Uh, so right now what I'm, what I'm puffing on is that the Rams defense is actually going to give Tom Brady his first really difficult game of the season. I think, uh, they're going to get three sacks on, on Tommy. I think they're going to get two picks from him. I am just puffing on Jalen Ramsey and Aaron Donald and that whole ensemble, because I think they are just going to crush it against uh, the Buccaneers Sunday. And that may even be a big part of uh, the reason you could see the Rams pick up uh win that day and uh, see Tampa Bay, maybe take their first loss of the season. And what I would pass on there is actually uh, Tampa Bay's passing defense hasn't necessarily been showing a, a hard time for for quarterbacks to get it into the end zone even if Tampa Bay's getting it into the end zone a little more I think that defense is going to let Matt Stafford just eat for well over 300 yards I think Stafford is going to have a very hero ball type of game and that with the Rams quieting Tommy down I think that could end up being a win for the Rams Absolutely. I'm going to bounce over to arguably the toilet bowl of the week. This is going to be the Atlanta Falcons traveling to take on the New York Giants. Um, Oh, absolutely. No, I do like your prediction, though. And that's what I'm going to puff on Kyle Pitts getting his first NFL touchdown this week. I think that the Giants is the Giants, unfortunately, and things just do not seem to be panning out in their favor any which way about it. Um, You know, Saquon is around. 
he's there. Daniel Jones is the leading rusher on the New York Giants going into week three, and I don't know if that'll even change um, with how things are looking right now. So ultimately, I think Kyle Pitts, he's a versatile dude. Giants have a porous defense. He's going to find the right spot, get his first touchdown. Totally agree with that assessment. Uh, I am going to have to pass, however, on the Giants' defense as a whole. I do think that Atlanta likes to take chances in a lot of ways. Matt Ryan likes to air out the ball in a lot of ways that is not going to uh, work in the Giants' favor. And I would like to see ATL put up north of 350, 400 yards this week on him, really punish the Giants. I don't know why I'm feeling so like much wrath against the Giants, but ATL it is. All right. Yeah, I mean, I have ATL for that game, but I'm probably not going to put it on, if I'm being totally honest. Uh, I guess I'll take it to uh, the Colts versus the Titans for my next uh, game to do predictions on. Uh, I am going to puff on, uh, you know, just Carson Wentz fans. You know you won't have to watch him get injured this week. I, I guess that's the silver lining of all this. Like, there there aren't a lot of weeks that, you know, Carson Wentz won't get injured. And unfortunately, the only time you can feel safe about that is when he's not playing because he's injured. So, uh, There is uh, some speculation, I at least heard on the Pat McAfee show a little bit earlier, that he is planning on starting. I don't know whether that'll actually fly, but we'll see. I think, I think that makes it a much better game for... <laughs> For everyone watching. Um, but I would say one thing I'm going to pass on is that the Titans defense is 24th in total yards allowed. So I think even if the Colts are a little bit hobbled, uh, the Titans are going to allow a lot of unnecessary red zone close calls for these guys. And so uh, I think the Titans are clear winners if Carson Wentz isn't in. Still likely winners if uh, he is playing. But... I think things could go wrong if the Titans defense doesn't tighten up a little. <laughs> and everyone probably wants to pass on that joke. A little bit. One last week, very, very close call. At least Julio got involved as he sat on my bench. Uh, I'm going to bounce on over to Washington versus Buffalo, which I think could be a little bit closer of a game than people are expecting out of this one. Uh, I'm puffing on Taylor Heineke, who is a dude that I've loved ever since I watched him play Tom Brady in that uh, wild card round last year. Just slings the ball, dropping dimes for a dude that has been in the league for four or five years, bounced around teams, never really had a shot. I'm glad he's getting it here. I think he could have... A relatively good game if he avoids the right spots in the Bills' secondary. Tara McLaurin makes some acrobatic catches. It could be a good day for him overall. Uh, unfortunately, I'm going to have to pass on the Washington football team's defense that has been definitely underperforming versus people's expectations. Um, settled up last year, I want to say, in the top five, if not the top few defenses in the league, and you kind of assumed that pass rush would be getting home again. Uh, fewer sacks than we had last year. They'll be looking to disrupt Josh Allen, but he's a mobile guy. I think Buffalo can bring it home, but I think it's going to be a lot closer than people give it credit for. All right. Well, uh, one I'm kind of interested in on uh, the morning is going to be seeing how uh, Kansas City turns around from their uh, loss to Baltimore and plays against uh, the L.A. Chargers, who may actually create a slightly tougher matchup than some people may think. Uh, so one thing I'm going to puff on is Austin Eckler. He's looking really great right now. And I think even against uh, Kansas City, I think he's going to have a field day for 150 plus yards. And uh, he's going to find the end zone twice that day. 
Uh, but one thing I'm going to pass on is a minus 6.5 spread for the Chiefs. I think uh, the Chargers' uh, pass defense and uh, poor rushing defense by Kansas City are going to make this a much closer call than expected. And I think the Chiefs may only squeak by by a field goal. So I would absolutely pass on that spread. I think that's a fair call. Uh, bounce number two, I think it's the, looks like the late game on Sunday. Seattle taking on Minnesota. Uh, Minnesota off to a sluggish start. Dalvin Cook finally got going. I think he had about 133 yards, if I remember right. Uh, looking a lot better. But ultimately, Seattle, Russell Wilson is a bad, bad man. That's why I'm puffing on his receiving core. The, all the offense he has flowing right now. Um, there's no way Minnesota's young secondary is going to be able to catch up to Lockett, Metcalf. I think they're easily going to score three, four touchdowns that day. Um, however, Seattle has been having a little bit of a hard time locking things down and making sure the game is theirs. That's why they're one and one, which is kind of an odd duck place for them to be in the NFC West versus teams that are all two and zero now. Um, so I have to pass on Seattle's ability to close out the game. Hopefully they can make it happen and kind of convince me otherwise. All right. Well then I will move it to uh, the NFC East division matchup this week on Monday night football, the Dallas Cowboys versus uh, the Philadelphia Eagles. Uh, what I'm puffing on is Philly's pass defense. They've looked really great uh, against both the teams that they've played. They've allowed the third fewest yards in the league. And that's a really important feat going into this matchup. And I think that's going to be really necessary to hold Dallas and its offensive pieces to under three passing touchdowns. And uh, my pass is actually going to be on Zeke Elliott, who definitely looked a lot better against the Chargers than he did against the Bucks. But Philly has not been generous on rushing yards either. And I think Zeke's only going to put up 50 yards. And if that passing defense is given a tough time to the receiving core, I don't think 50 yards is going to be close to enough to bail out the rest of the offense on Monday. I don't think so either. Um, I think this is going to be our last game, bouncing over to Miami versus the Las Vegas Raiders. Did we already cover that one? I feel like no, we've talked about no, Vegas that's recently. The last no, one, that's okay. All you. Excellent. All right. Well, uh, obviously, there's some stuff up in the air. I'm going to start with my pass on this one. We're probably going to be looking at some backup QBs. Well, we know for a fact that two is not going to be starting. Uh, we're going to have Jacoby Brissett down in. Miami, but I do think they're still a little bit in between on Carr. I believe he's still questionable, but I do think, too, that Nathan Peterman is one of their backup quarterbacks. If that's the case, this is going to be a horrific, horrific game to watch. That's why I'm puffing on the kickers and running backs for either Miami or Las Vegas. Uh, I think both these teams are going to have a hard time driving the ball all the way down the field, but when they do get into field goal range, they're probably going to have to kick. So I'd start those guys this week for sure. Awesome. Well, that actually covers every matchup. I can't believe we actually got through all of those matchups and did most of them in, you know, right around a minute, probably about a minute average. I think I went like 50 seconds on some, a minute 10 on, on a couple. But overall, I think we got it right into the pocket there. Uh, so we handled the serious business of today. So uh, after the break, we're going to start having a little fun. We are going to uh, draft our dream smoke sesh of athletes turned musicians. Afterwards, we discuss the recipient of the inaugural Golden Duchy Award. I can't say recipient. Stay tuned. 
Welcome back. Before the break, Chandler and I went through all of the week three NFL matchups and gave some puff pass predictions, looking at what we liked and didn't like in each matchup for the week. Now that we're done with the business end of it, I think we're going to move on to something a little bit more fun. So this past week, Damian Lillard, under his Dame Dalla uh, rap alias, put out a few music videos uh, from his uh, new album that he put out this summer. One of the songs that he did a video for is called Him Duncan, a play on Tim Duncan's name, where he also uh, references a lot of people throughout the music video, both in sports and uh, and in other fields. Uh, for example, uh, Tommy Smith and John Carlos from uh, the Olympics, who raised their fists with the black gloves, he references them in the video. He references Biggie and Tupac. He references Muhammad Ali. Uh, and it's it's an okay song, and it's kind of a cool music video. It's cool to see him uh, combine music and sports. Uh, two cultures that have been long intertwined for a lot of reasons, and sometimes you see uh, fun examples, good, bad, and ugly, of uh, athletes getting into the world of music themselves. Uh, you know, there's been a long history of it, even, even just in more like modern history. In the 80s, you have both uh, the 85 Bears, who uh, created the infamous Super Bowl Shuffle. Uh, but recently, I was watching the Once Upon a Time in Queens 30 for 30, and it, uh, it brings up both uh, Metsmerized, a rap song made by uh, some of the 86 New York Mets, uh, but also Let's Go, Mets Go, more of a like studio rock album or a studio rock single. Uh, it's all very bizarre, but, you know, it kind of had me doing a deep dive on athletes who have been involved with music, are into music, or, you know, just have, have intersected those two things. And I think, Chandler, you and I should do our first ever Dream Smoke Sesh fantasy draft uh, featuring athletes who have been musicians. That sounds amazing. I think there that? are some way more funny and unfortunate examples than actually good examples of uh, athletes who have, <laughs> you know, made a music career. But uh, either way, I'm ready to roll. I think that's a great idea. Absolutely. So uh, just to kind of give a few, uh, few rules, few notes on what's going on with this, uh, Chandler and I are going to flip a coin. Over the break, we decided that we are only going to uh, flip Moose and Queen Elizabeth II coins. So the question is never heads or tails. It's always Moose or Queen. And uh, I like that way more than heads or tails. Uh, so as always, uh, the person who wins the coin toss will have the ability to uh, kick or receive. And it's going to be a snake draft. There are going to be five categories uh, that you can draft in any order, but with a caveat. There will be a rapper category, a producer category, an instrumentalist slash vocalist category, a category for someone who was in an individual rather than team sport, and finally a free space. But this is the one you have to draft last. You have to draft the other four in any order uh, in a snake draft format. Uh, and, you know, really, 
it's not about the the quality of the music they make overall. If that's something you want to bring in, if there's a reason like the music is cool, I've got a couple like that on my board, uh, then that's absolutely a thing to say. But it's more about like the person who who got into the world of music. And that person, are they someone you want to invite to the smoke sesh? Because uh, there are some pretty fun motherfuckers you could imagine on this list. Like, there are some cool fuckers who made some really bad music. And uh, that's totally okay, because some of those people, oh, yeah. I, I want still want to just roast. Nothing more than to smoke a doobie with those people and have them play their shitty music. Yeah. Uh, so, Chandler, you are the bearer. Of the moose and the this queen. Moosey boy. Yeah, I do. Like I think to I'm going to take the time? moose this time. It feels like good luck. Ooh, and as that's I say it. that, old Queen Elizabeth comes out to play. So that's, uh, that's your draft. But I get the benefit of getting two in a row. So pick wisely. Well, unless I Ooh, make you take Ooh, that's first true. Pick. What are you thinking? Uh, you kind of want to see how I start it? Start it out. So I've got number one, right? All yeah. right. Well, with number one and number four, I'm yes, going to take sir. the immediate obvious choice right off the list. The first person I think of when I think of athletes uh, turning to music because he's actually pretty damn good at it and just an icon. I'm going to be taking Mr. DJ Diesel, Shaq Diesel, Shaquille O'Neal off the board first for my rapper position. Mr. Oh. Shaq Fu will be holding down uh, my rapper spot. I can't imagine anybody that would be more fun to hang out and smoke a fat one with. I fucking love Shaquille O'Neal and oh, every man. part of who he is, and especially his trash-ass dubstep career, and I would love for him to be our number one overall pick. Oh, God, that hurts. Oh, man. I mean, yeah, he he was a clear number one. I was kind of hoping you would surprise me Couldn't and go happen. a different direction, but I really... I really should not be surprised that that went down. Uh, so my question is, do you want to put him in your rapper? I think I'm going spot? to hold him in my rapper spot just because Shaq Diesel went platinum, bro. People forget. Be sleeping on yeah, Shaq. And I okay. feel like older now, Shaq rapping would be amazing. Okay. Um. All right. So I guess I have the second and third. Uh, that really, that really shocks my plans. I, I took a, I took a big gambit and kind of failed on that one, but I think with the second overall pick, it's a little bit surprising, especially, uh, considering his history in the NBA draft and how he ended up performing. I am going to take Mr. Chris Weber as the second overall pick. I'm going to take him as my producer. Uh, for a couple reasons. First of all, I know Chris Weber's like about it when it comes to the smoke sesh. Like that's a dude who's actually uh, heavily involved in a very positive way with the cannabis industry. Uh, he actually has helped create a fund uh, with another cannabis like entrepreneur, uh, which is a hands-on like weed education program for people trying to get into the business uh who have been affected negatively by the war on drugs so i really like uh not only that chris weber is uh into into smoking weed you know and and you you know that very very blatantly but uh he does some really cool things with it the other thing is that like he produced nas songs man he was producing for nas like, I want to ask him about that. 
Like, I definitely want to smoke with Chris Weber and, like, ask him about what it was like to produce songs for Nas. Because that's, like, that is a really cool thing to be able to put on your resume. So, uh, shouts out recent Hall of Famer Chris Weber. You are second on my uh, my Smoke Sesh uh, fantasy draft board for uh, uh, athletes turned musicians. And then for the third overall pick, I think... I am going to take the individual sport category that's a little bit more limited, and I am going to say <laughs> Mike Tyson, the boxer, made a diss track about Soldier Boy when Soldier Boy and Chris Brown were beefing, and they were gonna like they were gonna do a boxing match with one another. I feel like Mike Tyson's gotta be a pretty cool dude to smoke weed with. I feel like Mike Tyson and Chris Weber is like a really good start where I don't have to worry about like has this person ever, like, actually <laughs> smoked weed before, or will this be, like, a weird thing for them where they're getting all weird? Because there are a few people who are, like, kind of higher up on my draft board where I'm like, maybe I just like that person and I don't necessarily want to have them at the smoke I think session. that's totally justifiable. All right. Well... Uh, I guess you're up next with uh, with a. Oh, this is kind of a hard sell because now I'm just trying to think a little bit about what hole I'm trying to fill. You know what I mean? I think I'm going to go ahead and fill the individual sport first. This is going to be an oddball. And I am kind of jealous of your pick of Mike Tyson for that because I would love to smoke with Mike Tyson if you could get him to shut up about DMT at all. Um, but I'm going to go in the same sport. I'm going to take Manny Pacquiao, who has produced way too many Ooh. bad vocalist albums it's really bad but he's released a lot of it he's prolific people treat him as a god for some reason uh one of his best songs most successful songs at least is entitled sometimes when we touch and i do not wish to hear it but i do wish to smoke weed with manny pacquiao so he's gonna go ahead and get the first nod there of this round or the fourth nod i guess he would get so homophobic i guess that's fair i didn't really think about what getting him high would uh entail conversation content wise yeah i mean that's the other thing he's produced a lot of so that's why that's why he was uh he was so <laughs> i switch out for oscar avoid, de la hoya is uh, that a one-to-one -one exchange rate god well i guess i i also don't know oscar de la hoya's track record with uh, social justice controversy so maybe like maybe uh finding like boxers and athletes in general on like this particular gonna be a difficult uh, sell regardless yeah <laughs> can be can be a tough game to play i guess i probably could so i don't know there would be yeah cool stuff about smoking I, with pacquiao too i i think there would be a lot of interesting cool a lot of, cool, a lot of drawbacks cool maybe, maybe i should have not led with, with that guy, uh, but I'm going to make up for it now, and I'm going to take uh, Deion Sanders, and I'm going to place him in my producer's spot. Okay, Did have prime okay. time back in 1994. One of the coolest, baddest motherfuckers to ever yes, live. Sir. Who does not want to hang out with Deion Sanders and have any amount of conversation with him? Okay. Uh, so you have actually you've picked two people off. Uh, you've picked my top two rappers off my board. Can I say? I know um, what the people want, Josh. So, uh, I guess then, in that case, I am going to go with a little bit of a wild card here. I am going to go with, uh, I'm going to go with Bernie Williams, actually. 
and this was this was one that kind of came from like a little bit of a deep dive I did, but like Bernie Williams was like very beloved on that like '90s Yankees dynasty as uh, as a fielder, but he is also a classically trained guitarist who has like done a lot of a lot of cool collaborations with people, uh, including you know, one of, one of the goats, he played with the boss, like he and Bruce Springsteen, like have played like renditions of glory days together. And that would be really cool. I don't know if Bernie Williams smokes or not, but that would just be really cool to have him bring his guitar out, have him, uh, have him strum up on glory days. And, uh, I think that would be I just think that would be a cool time. If nothing else, classically, classically trained uh, guitarist. That would just be a cool guy to bring to the smoke sesh, I think. Um, so, I guess the fourth... or uh, What pick are we on now? Is, is I think so, yep. Now? Okay, so I'm, I'm looking at my board right now. And that just leaves me with a rapper. You have really, really thrown me for a loop in the rapper category. I have a, I have an obvious next up. It better not be but, my next uh, up. Uh-oh. Actually, I'm going to zag. I think there's an obvious next best rapper. But Are you going to do gonna a totally bit? I'm going to zag on this one. And kind of. It's a, it's a dude who would be really cool to hang out with. But like not a good like not a good rapping experience at all and that is going to be doc gooden that is going to be that is going to be dwight gooden on the new york mets when the mets dropped the uh the 86 terrible rap single metsmerized i'm i'm like pretty sure gooden had a had just a quick little verse on there i think he did i like i i like it, he would just be really cool, though. A lot of that uh, Once Upon a Time in Queens uh, documentary goes through a lot of his experience. And I, I think uh, after having a very wild time through his career, um, I think he's really learned a lot about himself. He, he seems to have found a lot of like peace and balance. And he seems from the, the interviews I, I've seen from him, uh, mostly from that documentary, like a guy who would be really cool to hang out with at the smoke sesh. Uh, and, and I think that just, that just goes into the theme here. Once again, I know he's just a guy who will, who will do well in the smoke sesh. I think that's fair. I think I've got a, I've got two picks here that are going to pretty, pretty much put this thing to bed here, Josh. <laughs> I feel pretty good. So I'm going to go first off with my, uh, my instrumentalist. I'm going to put up former Boston college quarterback, and NFL quarterback, and CFL quarterback, and USFL quarterback, Mr. Doug Flutie. He was instrumental. He was the man who threw the Hail Flutie touchdown pass, the pass, down in Miami. Um, But he plays drums in the Flutie Brothers bands with a couple of his brothers. Uh, I think that's a clear need in my my draft circle. I think he's the biggest wild card to enter the, the circle so far. Other than Manny Pacquiao potentially getting homophobic, which is definitely an issue. Um, but then I get to bring it home with a bit, which is something I'm really excited about. I'm going to have my last spot. It's a wild card spot, right? It's really what I want to do with it, right? My free space here. Free space, man. Like any, anyone. My free space here like, no rules on it. is a stretch. A sport, were they? 
Okay. And you're going to accept it. I'm going to pick Charles Barkley for his work <laughs> rapping in the 2010 Taco Bell Super Bowl commercial. Oh, that is an absolutely phenomenal Done. choice, Chandler. I absolutely accept that. I don't see that as a stretch at all. I think I think that uh that's And now I'm thinking about the room I've created and it might be a little bit tense between all of those people, but I think it could be a good time. We got Charles Barkley and Shaq that have already interacted commentating. I think that would be a fine really Pacquiao's my problem. I really dug a hole there. Uh no, I think it'll be I I think he'll act right about it. I don't think (laughs) I don't think it has to come up exactly. <laughs> just don't 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 let it come up uh, <laughs> i won't urge it on but yeah i mean that'd be cool if you got like flutie doing a little bit of a beat and then like Shaq and prime time start rapping over it i think that would be saying. a cool uh cool room and that leaves me with one more pick my free space this one's gonna be really interesting someone who some people might Uh-oh. find problematic uh and that is Tennis John <laughs> okay. McEnroe. And uh, that is because he was taught to play guitar by Eddie Van Halen. So I think that would be really dope. I also think he would be a really funny, like, just absolute prick to have in your smoke session, right? Like, he'd just be roasting everyone, like, no holds barred. And, like, everyone would be laughing until he came around to them. And, like, he would just be an asshole. But he would be a, he would be a, a spark plug. Plus, there's, like, a good chance, I would say, like, probably uh, plus, like, 250 odds Mike Tyson and John McEnroe throw hands. Absolutely, That would be a fantastic little uh, pay-per-view as a smoke sesh where you'll definitely see Mike Tyson and John McEnroe throw hands. So uh, let's uh, just make sure we uh, let's recap these spots, recap who we're looking at. My uh, my smoke sesh is going to uh, consist of a rapper by the name of Dwight Gooden. Not a long rapping career, but is technically featured on a record uh it's gonna have chris weber as my producer pick to talk about his time in the weed business uh talk about working with nos talk about cool stuff like that bernie williams is gonna come in with his guitar play some bruce springsteen songs for us talk about new york in the 90s that's gonna be really cool Mike Tyson is going to bring that loud pack, bro. Like the Mike Tyson special reserve. Like, you know, you're going to be smoking like the good, good. And like, like in this room, we're definitely going to smoke. Oh, yeah. The half ounce. Like if, if we're sitting in there for like an hour and a half, two hours, we're probably going through half an ounce in this particular room. Uh, and then John, John McEnroe is just going to be there to be a little bit of a wild card and boy, will he be a spark plug to what goes on in that room. That is going to be my, uh, dream, like fantasy smoke sesh of athletes turned musicians. Hi, mine was the, the, uh, the number one overall pick, Mr. DJ Diesel. We're going to have Shaquille O'Neal rapping for us. It's going to be accompanied by producer rapper turned producer mr Dion sanders uh we've got who do i say instrumentals from oh doug flutie my boy where he can throw it back to his college days and talk about how dope that pass was while everybody else ignores him and asks if somebody else wants to roll another blunt <laughs> um 
my wild card. I've got Charles Barkley there, really just to stir up conversation and be like, you know, I raft once, and everybody's going to be like, shut up, Charles. That was a Taco Bell commercial. And then am I missing one more? I feel like I had one more person. My individual oh, your sport, individual sport. Uh, which he, he you <laughs> must not be named. <laughs> Mr. Manny Pack, yeah. <laughs> Honestly, I think that sounds like a really I'd be there. smoke sesh. I, I get a text that those I people are hanging out and asking if I want to roll up. I'm there. I think you have the like relevant star power leaning your way with this. I tried to I tried to be a little more like Oh yeah. I think Doug Flutie's got would be like Doug Flutie's got star power for smokers. days. <laughs> right, right. No. No, I mean like uh Shaq and Charles and like Mike Tyson, I guess, is probably my my biggest like superstar. It's the dude. Uh, but I would love to hang out with all these guys. And I think all these guys at once would be a pretty cool hang, bro. Uh, so on that, I think we will go to one more break. And we are going to wrap this up with a very special award. The inaugural bestowing of the Golden Duchy. Stay tuned. Welcome back to the Hash Out. For our final segment today, Chandler and I are going to give out a very special award, the inaugural Golden Duchy Award. Chandler, do you want to explain the premise of the Golden Duchy a little bit for us? Absolutely. So the Golden Duchy Award is going to go each week to uh, a candidate that either Josh or I come up with uh, that has done something rather galaxy-brained over the past week, something that makes you sit back and wonder if they're on the ganja and completely out of touch with the real world. I feel like we get this a lot in the sports world, and it's fun to hash out kind of the uh, the lighter side of stuff. Yep, and we got a couple individuals on the loud pack this week. Today we are discussing a couple people who exhibit what are some very unfortunate negative stereotypes of stoners. Whether or not they actually partake, they seem to be demonstrating a lot of the things that some of us get called out for all the time. And Chandler and I are going to discuss which of them is deserving of the first ever Golden Duchy Award. Chandler, you won the coin toss on the moose this time. So uh, you're going to start us off with your candidate. Two minutes on the clock. Tell me who you're picking. All right. So we've been focusing a lot on NFL action recently. I'm going to take it over to the NBA where we've had some drama going down with Philadelphia 76ers all-star forward Ben Simmons who says, according to the Waj on ESPN, that he will not report for the opening of training camp next week and intends to never play another game for the franchise. Uh, Ben Simmons is 25 years old, uh, obviously had a rocky situation at the end of the year last year in the playoffs, uh, missed a whole lot of free throws. People felt like he uh, hasn't really shown up to the degree he needs to show up. Uh, He wants a trade out of Philadelphia, pretty resolute behind that. He told management that he has no plans to wear an NBA uniform again. Uh, He's in a classic kind of stare down with his franchise. This is the same type of stuff we see with Aaron Rodgers or all sorts of different people who have a lot more leverage than Ben Simmons does. I think Ben Simmons is overplaying his hand pretty hard here and doesn't realize that he's got millions and millions of dollars that he's leaving on the table right now by not playing and basically creating the negative situation entirely on his own. It doesn't seem like there's been too much malice on the 76ers front. And it's also worth questioning what franchise would want to go out and offer Simmons a bunch of money after the way he's conducted himself with the Sixers over the past few months. All right, so Ben Simmons for the Golden Duchy nominee. That uh, that dude is fumbling the bag, and as we know, 
A lot of stoners, not the best at understanding the value of money. Um, but you know what? There are a lot of other negative depictions that stoners unfortunately have cast upon them. And one of those is not money management, but the management of time. So, for my opening argument, let's go back to the NFL in week one, where we started to see that a man by the name of Mike McCarthy really just does not understand how to play with a clock in the NFL. Uh, in week one, in a very tight game between the Cowboys and Buccaneers, in a very dramatic season opener, uh, the Cowboys rushed a possession, really rushed every snap on it, and left so much time on the clock. You know, they ended up at uh, third and 11 right around the two-minute warning, and uh, by the time the ball was ready to go to the Buccaneers, Tom Brady saw that there was a minute and a half for him to capitalize on on the clock. The Cowboys ended up losing this game because they rushed this possession so badly and didn't realize that they would give the Buccaneers that much time. McCarthy really just kind of uh, didn't appreciate the value of time and didn't manage it very well. To make it almost surprising to fast forward to week two, when this same man, hitting the same damn loud pack, has a very bizarre clock error where he almost costs another game almost cost them going 0-2 to start the season uh, because he didn't watch the clock to try to get downfield for a field goal and was kind of trying to run out a clock that wasn't his to run out. Uh, so basically what happened was Greg Zerline, who has not been a very reliable kicker for the Cowboys, luckily kicked a 56-yard field goal for a 20-17 and victory, but Mike McCarthy gave a very half-baked excuse uh, about the clock that the clock he was watching had stopped functioning and his offensive coordinator, Kellen Moore's view of another clock was obscured. He's lucky the field goal was made, but he's got to work on that time management. And if that means getting off the loud pack, then it's time to do that, McCarthy. All right, all right, all right. I see you, I see you. Um, I think what really makes the Ben Simmons case a little bit more harebrained than the Mike McCarthy situation is that Mike McCarthy has been doing that for about 10 years now. I've unfortunately had to watch him do it with the Green Bay Packers. This was an offense that, now that Matt LaFleur's at the helm, regularly puts up 30-plus points a game and can even average that over the course of the season. He pissed and squandered away so many opportunities for them to possess and hold the ball, and then eventually led to onside kicks that the Packers would squander. Mike McCarthy is kind of a bad coach. I hate to say it. That's kind of just part of the deal with him. And I think Ben Simmons thinks... A little bit more of himself. Well, like McCarthy denying being able to see the clock and everything is pretty bad. I think Simmons' insistence that he's worth more than he really is is a little bit more embarrassing than McCarthy's inability to manage the clock. I just don't know what to say about this, Chandler. Because I feel like in your rebuttal, you just tried to give me a decade of evidence that I am right about Mike McCarthy <laughs> and his very stoner-like time management blunders and ben simmons he's just betting on himself man and frankly this doesn't even look like the biggest bag fumble of the offseason yet we all remember dennis schroeder oh man True. is that sad because he didn't even like bet on himself and lose he bet on himself and won and then didn't 
cash and pay slip. You know? So, uh, I think there's been worse bag fumbling than uh, Ben Simmons, who I don't think he has a lot of leverage because I don't think a lot of teams want to take him. But, frankly, I think he might be able to crack Daryl Morey just a little bit into some kind of path out of Philadelphia, even if it is a little bit under the full theoretical value of Ben Simmons. So maybe Ben Simmons is onto something and maybe Clutch is onto something more than anything. I don't know, man. We both did our rebuttals. We both did our opening statements. And I guess what it comes down to is uh, what would be the more get-off-that-loud-pack thing to do squandering a game that will likely cost you your job as a head coach or fumbling almost $30 million because your pride felt hurt about some things that the organization of the Philadelphia 76ers uh, has said about you in the media, you know? But uh, I think I think there's just a pathway out of this for uh, for Ben Simmons. But for Mike McCarthy... He's getting into far too close situations with the Dallas Cowboys to be like routinely demonstrating that he doesn't understand this like next level time management in the NFL. Like, and it works. It works if you have a team that is uh, that is pulling ahead in the game. But I think it's really going to ruin his career if if he keeps having obscured vision of clocks. You know. Yeah, he's already had too long of a leash in Dallas, honestly, and I'm surprised. This is kind of the end of the road for him. He's on a relatively hot seat as well, and that's why I think Mike McCarthy should get the Golden Duchy this week. Whoa. We're doing it. You hear that, folks? This week's recipient of the inaugural Golden Duchy Award, the Golden Duchy for poor time management skills, goes to Mike McCarthy, head coach of the Dallas Cowboys. Oh, man. Oh, this is quite a victory for me. This is such a this is such a great note to end our first official episode of the show on. This is such a good feeling. I'd like to thank Mike McCarthy for not looking at clocks. I'd like to thank Kellen Moore for blocking clocks and then also not being able to see <laughs> clocks because they're blocked. I'd like to thank Mike <laughs> McCarthy for not understanding that Tom Brady doesn't need a minute and a half to get into field goal range. I'd like to thank Mike McCarthy for taking a whole decade uh, to prove to the world that he's not very good at managing the clock. I'd like to thank Ben Simmons uh, for being with uh, Clutch Sports, which might mean there's something going on that can get him traded even with this like kind of weird gambit uh and i would like to thank you chandler my dear friend uh for joining me today on our first episode of the hash out join us next week and every week after that as we uh, explore the intersection of the worlds of uh sports and cannabis uh the funnier and uh more serious topics of it uh, like and subscribe whatever platform you're on and if uh, you can rate us rate us five stars thanks everyone for joining I'm Joshua Hatler this is Chandler Songer and this has been The Hash Out <laughs>